Man up. That's what we're going to be talking about this morning. We're going to talk a special address to, uh, to all the men in the room in regard to uh, Father's Day. So I appreciate everybody joining us this morning. We're going to uh, switch on over to the uh, next slide, and not because it has anything at all to do with being relevant, you know, but it worked for Eric last week, and uh, he got a good laugh to start things off, so I thought I would give it a whirl as well. So uh, you can tell I didn't run cross-country like Eric did, but uh, uh, that is my senior picture, so we're good. we got one laugh so far, so uh, that's good. That's good. Uh, actually, um, we were going to start things off this morning with a gift. All the uh, moms walked in on Mother's Day, and uh, they got a carnation at the front door. Uh, but for the life of me, I couldn't figure out how to keep the bacon hot. So I, have, uh, I don't know if I have, uh, I have anything for you this morning. No. All kidding aside, the, um, the song that was playing this morning as I came up is called Lead Me. It's by Sanctus Real. Uh, I have a copy of that for, uh, for all the men in the group this morning. And I have a copy of uh, one of the cards that I'm going to read from um, at the end of the sermon as a bookmark. So uh, Kyle and Mitchell are going to help me out and, uh, and pass those out uh, um, for all the dads. So while they're doing that, I wanted to uh, read the lyrics to that song. And um, this is not an attempt to sing, so uh, Jeff, don't be nervous. I don't want to have anything to do with the praise team. Not qualified. I look around and see my wonderful life almost perfect from the outside. In picture frames, I see my beautiful wife, always smiling. But on the inside, oh, I can hear her saying, lead me with strong hands, stand up when I can't. Don't leave me hungry for love. Chasing dreams, but what about us? Show me you're willing to fight, that I'm still the love of your life. I know we call this our home, but I still feel alone. I see their faces, look in their innocent eyes. They're just children from the outside. I'm working hard. I tell myself they'll be fine. They're independent. But on the inside, oh, I can hear them saying, lead me with strong hands. Stand up when I can't. Don't leave me hungry for love, chasing dreams. What about us? Show me you're willing to fight, that I'm still the love of your life. I know we call this our home. But I still feel alone. So, Father, give me the strength to be everything I'm called to be. Oh, Father, show me the way to lead them. Won't you lead me? To lead them with strong hands. To stand up when they can't. Don't wait to leave them hungry for love. Chasing things that I could give up. I'll show them I'm willing to fight. And give them the best of my life. So we can call this our home. Lead me. Because I can't do this alone. Father, lead me because I can't do this alone. Uh, Please pray with me this morning. Father, we look to you um, to be led. Um, As a father, I need to be led. I need to be shown the way. Lord, please watch over me during my journey. As a father, as a husband, as a Christian. Lord, I cannot do it alone. Please continue to be with me during my entire walk. It's your son Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I volunteered to give this message on Father's Day, not because I have all the answers, but I do have 23 years of experience and a laundry list of mistakes. Let's agree from this point forward, we refer to mistakes as learning experiences. There'll be some crowd interaction when I say, what do we call mistakes? And you'll be able to uh, remember. 
I also want everybody to keep in mind that the stories I'll be sharing are mostly shortcomings and things that I messed up. So we can talk from experience about uh, the growth process, about what it's like to be a Christian, a good husband, and a good father. Let's not get that confused with the fact that I don't have any success stories. Um, a couple of them are sitting in the congregation this morning. Um, my wife Kathy, my daughter Sydney, and, uh, and Nick is at work this morning. So we'll share some stories, uh, we'll share some scripture, and uh, we'll spend some time talking about uh, being a Christian man, uh, being a Christian husband, and being a Christian father. That being said, I, th- I think those are the three roles that we all have in addition to our chosen profession, men. We all signed up for a job at some point in time, and, and we give a lot of time and energy and effort to that job. Um, and some of us, including myself, have made the mistake of, of allowing those jobs to lead us over the course of time. So I want to talk, uh, spend some time this morning about, um, about those three things, those three responsibilities outside of our chosen profession. Being a Christian, being a husband, and being a father. Um, I want to share four pieces of relevant scripture that I went through um, when I was doing my study in my prep time. And uh, my PowerPoint guy um, did not put NIV version on the screen. So uh, um, when uh, I'll be reading from the Bible and I'll be reading from the NIV version. So we'll get started with the, uh, um, the first piece of scripture is out of uh, James 5, verse 12. Above all, my brothers, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. Let your yes be yes, your no be no, or you will be condemned. Basically, folks, we're being called to be honest, to be trustworthy, to be men of high integrity. Um, We can't be, you know, I swear on the Bible. I swear to God. I swear to you. Um, That's not how we're supposed to behave. Um, Quite simply, we're being instructed when we say yes, it means yes. When we say no, it means no. We need to be men of integrity. We can't be wondering or have folks wondering every time we open our mouths what's coming out. Um, Can we trust Him? Can we believe Him? Is it the truth? We're challenged there um, to have honesty, um, trust, and high integrity. Um, Switching gears to uh, Joshua 1, verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That's pretty simple, pretty straightforward. We're told we need to be strong. Strong for our wives. Strong for our children. Um, We need to have courage. Be willing to make tough decisions. Sometimes they're not popular. If I gave in to every decision that needed to be made, we'd have a dog and a trampoline right now. Um, Sorry, honey. We won't always be the ones to to make those popular decisions. Um, We are told we need to be the rock in our families. We need to um, be willing to be unpopular at times. We're going to switch and we're going to head to uh, 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13 and 14. Men, be on your guard. Stand firm in your faith. Be men of courage. Be strong. Do everything in love. I want to pay special emphasis to the words, be on your guard. 
when I served on the uh, elder team with Carl, we were asked uh, to read a book called Finishing Strong by Steve Farrar. And it's the first time I ever heard the words, my regular reading rotation. And, and I thought it was great advice. It was a part of Carl's regular reading. And every two or three years, he read that book to remind him uh, what it meant to finish strong. Um, I would recommend it to all men in the group um, to read Finish Strong. It specifically talks about there are a lot of godly men in this world, a lot of good men who make bad decisions and do bad things. It gives some percentages, and I can't recall them, but it was something like 7 out of 10 men who start strong, who, who are in church, who are Christian men, um, who have families, who are doing, quote-unquote, the right thing. Somehow or another, they get off track. Um, they get involved in adultery. They get involved in substance abuse. They get involved in gambling. Um, they just get headed down the wrong path. Um, men, I challenge each and every one of you to finish strong. Um, we all didn't start strong, and we're all not done yet. So we're all going to finish. We have a choice on how we're going to finish. So whether you're 14, 40, or 80, um, if you've not been strong so far, it's not too soon to start. We can make that commitment right now that as men, we're all going to finish strong. We're going to move to 1 Timothy 6, verse 11. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. So I just got done challenging you all to finish strong. On the same tone, we're going to talk about being willing to flee those tough situations and not put ourselves in those bad situations. I was reminded of a story by a gentleman or about a gentleman named Plaxico Burris. Um, let the record state he's a Spartan, by the way. He went to Michigan State. Um, he was in a strip club at 3 o'clock in the morning and inadvertently shot himself in the foot. How that happened, I'm not certain. But he threw away an NFL career and ended up doing jail time because he wasn't licensed to carry a concealed weapon. Tony Dungy, when he was coaching the Colts, and uh, we all know as a, uh, as a strong Christian man, came out publicly and said, you know what, what is somebody who's married with kids doing in a strip club at 3 o'clock in the morning with a gun? So folks, I challenge you, not to put yourselves in those positions where you, your integrity is going to be compromised, your values are going to be compromised, your Christianity is going to be compromised. You may think it might not happen to you. You might not be put in that position. Well, I challenge you that it will probably will happen to you. You'll be in a position where somebody you're with is doing something that they shouldn't be doing, and you'll have an opportunity to be a part of that or to flee from that. We were in our small group Bible study, and one of the men in the group was on a business trip, and they were in New Orleans. And uh, several of the men were going to be going to a gentleman's club. And uh, this person, who was a strong Christian man, politely said, you know what, that's not for me. Um, and went back to their hotel and, uh, and behaved in, in, in a different way that those other gentlemen decided to, uh, to behave in. So you may think it may not happen to you. Folks, be strong in your faith. Be willing to flee from those situations. Can we all agree that as men, we need to try to be the best Christian men we can be? 
before we even think about being a good husband or good father. I hope that's the case. I'm going to share a story about um, being a good husband that I pulled from the Saturday Evening Post. Now, you might spend, I spend most, think I spend most of my time reading ESPN the magazine or Yahoo Sports, but uh, I did find that the Saturday Evening Post has a lot to offer. I must also say that this article, based on some of the words they use, might be 40 or 50 years old. Um, I've referred to my wife as a lot of things over the years, but never sugar dumpling. So, I am going to change a few of the words in here to make it a little bit more relevant. So if I stumble a little bit while I'm reading, it's because I'm trying to be a little more creative as I go. And basically this talks about the, uh, the evolution of the common cold over seven years of marriage. The first year, baby, I'm really worried about my baby girl. You've got a bad sniffle and there's no telling about these things with all the strep throat going around. I'm putting you in the hospital this afternoon for a general checkup and a good rest. I know the food's lousy, but I'll be bringing you meals from DeCarlo's. I've already got it all arranged with the floor superintendent. The second year, listen, darling, I don't like the sound of that cough. I called Dr. Pafford and asked him to rush right over. Now you go to bed like a good girl, please, just for Papa. Never said that one either. The third year. Maybe you'd better lie down, honey. Nothing like a little rest when you feel lousy. I'll bring you something to eat. Have we got any canned soup? The fourth year. Now look, dear, let's be sensible. After you fed the kids, wash the dishes, and finish the floor, you better lie down. The fifth year. Could you please take a couple of aspirin? The sixth year. I wish you'd just gargle or something instead of sitting around all evening barking like a seal. The seventh year. For heaven's sake, stop sneezing. You're trying to give me pneumonia. That is the decline of the, of the marriage as seen through the common cold. A funny look at a not-so-funny topic. So, guilty as charged, gentlemen. I don't know about you guys. All right. This September 5th, Kathy and I will be married 25 years. Um, I, I, thank you. I remind you again that I don't have all the answers, and I have made a lot of mistakes. Who remembers what we're calling them? There we go. There we go. It didn't take me long to have a couple of those. Um, we got, I think I was, well, I, I don't think, I'm sure I was 22 when we got married. And uh, it uh, didn't take long before Kathy became pregnant. Well, listen to that. I say became like I didn't know how it happened. <laughs> In less than a year or two, I had already made a couple of bad decisions about how to take care of and honor my wife. Uh, the first one, I was, uh, I was working third shift at Meyer. Uh, and I used to say that was the best job in the world from 10 and 8 in the morning, and it was really horrible between 8 and noon. Um, I worked for a guy who just really wasn't real understanding of getting out of work on time and doing those type of things. And uh, Kathy uh, was uh, stranded one morning, um, and I'm not certain where she uh, was going. I think it was to a doctor appointment. Um, but she made a phone call to me at work, and those were before cell phones, so I get a page, and uh, 
I'm walking through with the, the boss at the time, and uh, I'm certain he was yelling at me about something. But I got the message that I needed to come and pick her up, and I politely told her that it would need to wait until I was done working. Um, and I don't know how long it was. I would imagine she could probably tell you, but I would guess an hour or two. I left her sitting there waiting for me until I decided it was important enough for me to leave work um, to go pick her up. That was in the pregnancy stages. It didn't get much better in the delivery room. It was, uh, she was suffering from back labor at the time. And what was relieving her was me putting some pressure on her back. And I don't know if any of you gals have, uh, who have been through that, but uh, the, the, the very simple instructions I got were to push on her back. And as I was pushing on her back for hour after hour, it seemed like hour after hour anyway, I must have uttered at a point, my back was starting to hurt. I did. I did. Yeah. That might be the origination of the word, oh no, he didn't. I did. Uh, to Kathy's credit, she never lost her composure or her temper, or it was not one of those that you've seen on TV where it is a, uh, um, an ugly situation. But um, uh, let's just say I didn't get off to a good start. I could probably go on and on and on about the shortcomings, but you know what? It's not Husband's Day. It's Father's Day. So we, we will keep moving. I want to uh, read some, uh, some relevant scripture out of Ephesians 5, verse 25 through 27. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave, him help, gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle, or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. I like to read the message on occasion. When I first became a, a, a Christian, I became very confused, and I had to read things over and over to get it, and I, the message has really helped me out. And I think this is one verse um, where if you read from the message, it makes things a little clearer for us, so I wanted to share that with you. Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church, a love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. His words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her, dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. And that is how husbands ought to love their wives. Folks, we need to notice our wives. We need to t compliment them. Talk about that new outfit. Notice that haircut. Um, we need to build them up in all things that we do. A good friend of mine once said, we need to spend time watering the garden. We need to nurture that relationship. Through 25 years, I can honestly say, I haven't always done a good job at that. We need to support our wives in everything that they do. We need to listen to them, and that's probably the toughest for me. I think I'm a good multitasker where I can read the sports section, eat dinner, watch TV, and somehow hear what my wife and kids are talking to me about. You know what? I can't. Um, so, folks, listen to your wives as well. And I want to challenge everybody before we pray. What is it that pe why is it that people we love the most are sometimes the people we treat the worst? Um, please pray with me. Dear Father God, I, just, uh, I thank you so much for Kathy and that you've uh, put her in my life. 
Lord, I know that uh, all the husbands uh, in this room love their wives, um, just as your son Jesus loved the church. Lord, I pray that through our actions, through our behaviors, um, through our day-to-day activities, um, we can show and we can tell our wives what they mean to us. Your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, two-thirds. Talked about being a good Christian man. Talked about trying to be the best husband that we can be. Let's switch gears over to being a father. First and foremost, I want to challenge you all to keep the hierarchy. Um, In spite of what your kids might tell you, in spite of what sometimes we think, our kids are not the most important things in our lives. They're awfully darn important. I've got them pretty high up on the scale. But first and foremost, I'm challenged to be a man of God. Second after that, it's to love and honor my wife. And then after I've done those two things, it's to love, honor, and take care of my children. All of us have had a father at some point in our life, as Rick pointed out earlier. He also mentioned some of them are good, some not so good. Well, we all have a heavenly father that gives us a perfect example on how we are to behave. He loves us unconditionally. He listens to us. He watches over us. He protects us. He holds us accountable. By the way, Rick and I did not share our notes to come up with those traits ahead of time. I thought that was uh, interesting when I heard him talk this morning. Can we agree that if we all, as uh, fathers, do those five things, it would be a great start to being a good dad and a great father? Again, I've been a father for half my life. And believe it or not, I had to grow into that role as well. It came early. The challenges came early, and they came often. One of my first attempts at Father's Day was a negotiating ploy that I should be able to sleep in. It's Father's Day. This was long before we started going to church on Sunday morning. I just think I'm going to sleep in this morning. It's Father's Day. Or it was pointed out to me, maybe I should get out of bed and go be a good father. I gave it a whirl. I wasn't real excited about it, but I gave it a whirl. I've made lots of other mistakes early on in being a father. One that I kind of joke about with the kids is I kind of trained, uh, especially with Nick, I trained him to enjoy the things that I liked to do. Hey, can we go get an ice cream cone? You can see where that led us. Um, Good news is he broke that habit. Let's go to the batting cages. Let's go to the ball game. Let's do all the things that Dad likes to do. We'd get things in the mail. If I wasn't interested in him, I'd never go over it with him. He never had a chance to be in the band or to be a Boy Scout or do other things because they didn't interest me and I didn't want to be a part of that kind of stuff. He was going to be interested in what I was interested in. Um, shame on me for not exposing him to other things and opening other doors. I also developed a reputation as someone who did not like to do much around the house. Um, I was working and playing softball and doing lots of other things and not doing much around the house. It became apparent that it didn't take Sydney long to pick up on that. At the old church, there was a, uh, it was on Father's Day, believe it or not, and I would guess it'd have to be, I don't know, 12 or 13 years ago, where the kids were back in Kid City. And they were given an exercise 
to talk about what is something that your dad can fix. Well, as the other kids were talking about what their dad could fix, well, my dad can fix the car. My dad can fix the washer and dryer. Sydney came bounding out of class that morning, and I asked, is it, what is it that you said that I can fix? And she said, pancakes, Daddy. <laughs> and to be fair, I do have a reputation amongst her friends as making some pretty darn good chocolate chip pancakes. Hannah's had some before. True story. Okay. <laughs> Those are some fun ones. My biggest mistake of all was I was willing to sit back and allow Kathy to take the kids to church and lead our household spiritually without me. Um, I wasn't willing to stand up. I wasn't willing to be led. Um, I wasn't willing to be a part of this. Um, thank you for bringing me to Prairie View Christian Church. Thank you for um, standing by me when I became Christian. Spending time here at church, spending time in Bible studies uh, about parenting, about being a good husband, really made an impact. Surrounding myself with men of God also made an impact. Um, my friend Martin Shelley and his wife Melissa are joining uh, us this morning. And uh, Martin was a Christian long before I knew what it meant to be a Christian. We, we were, we were kind of travel buddies. Uh, when we were asked to, uh, to travel, we were culture of thrift, you know, we had a roommate, and uh, Martin and I were roommates, and uh, we had a lot in common, you know, we liked to play racquetball, and he would always win to give him credit, but we, we just had a lot in common, you know, we've both been uh, long-term Meyer guys and whatnot, and uh, after a hard day of play at a seminar, um, we got back to the room, and uh, we were tired, and uh, he pulled a Bible out of his bag, and I said, you know, I'm trying to watch Sports Center. You're not going to make too much noise over there with that thing, are you? And uh, he explained to me that he challenged himself to read all the way through a particular book of the Bible during um, a certain month. And I'm going, <laughs> knock yourself out. I'll be watching Chris Berman. Um, but you know what? I've never forgotten that. It has to be at least 10 years ago, if, if I had to guess. But it was an example of a Christian man doing something where I kind of looked at it and said, wow, maybe I should be doing some of that. Hopefully I can make that impact um, with some people now. And uh, so I guess the moral of that story is surround yourselves with Christian people. Look to them, for example. Be willing to be led. It was clear to me that I had gotten some good direction from a godly man like Steve Mazingo, who's raising multiple kids. I can't even keep track because he's had several since he's left here. Um, but man, if you want an example of a good father, you look to how Steve and Jennifer were raising their kids. Small groups, learning by mistakes, all sorts of different things. Um, the Bible also gives us very good examples of fatherhood. Um, please turn with me to Proverbs 22, verse 6. Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. Gentlemen, that is absolutely our responsibility. And how do you do that, you're asked. You know what? It's not by just taking them to the batting cages. It's by getting them in church. 
It's by getting them here even when they don't want to be here. It's by getting them here when they think they have something better to do. It's by getting them to organizations in our schools like Campus Life and Campus Crusade. It's by getting them to join small groups. It's by getting them to surround themselves with people that are Christians also. Um, What a blessing it's been as I've been traveling from open house to open house for the last, uh, oh, I don't know, three weeks. I've had more uh, meatballs than I care to remember over the course of uh, the last ten or so open houses. But boy, what a great group of friends that these girls have that... uh, that go to church here. It's just unbelievable the, the support and the, uh, the Christian sisterhood that they have um, already at the young age of 18. But folks, it's our job to put them in those positions where they can make those decisions. And it's not just those type of things. Um, it's, it's teaching them the proper things, the godly way to handle their money, the godly way to handle their time, what it means to make a commitment. Sometime you have a few minutes, ask Sydney and Nick if they've ever got the commitment speech. Um, that's a big one at our house. Um, do, what you're gonna, or do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. Folks, it absolutely is up to us to lead, guide, and train our children. I urge you not to take that responsibility lightly. I want to share one more example out of Ephesians 6, verse 4. Before we start to close, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. When I first read that verse, I shared it with my son, and he says, I'll do my part, you do yours. I think he was talking about the exasperate word in there, if I had to guess. As I thought more about it, it probably was not as much of a joke as I thought it was. And I likened it to one of the phrases that are, you know, as parents we've used, and we've probably heard it before, do as I say, not as I do. As parents, I encourage you to throw that out the window. I challenge you to lead by example in all areas of your life. How you spend your time, how you spend your money, how you treat other people, the commitments you make in your life. A message to you dads. Your kids hear what you say. They see what you do. And they know what your priorities are. They remember how you speak to them, and they notice how you speak to your wife. Yesterday, in front of about 30 people, I threatened Sydney with a backhand. Um, and then I had to tell that person, I said, I say that all the time. It's honestly, is just a joke. Um, I was a little embarrassed that I said that. I, I really was. So I had to assure the people that were standing there that I really don't hit her with the backhand. Most importantly, your kids realize how you speak and treat your wife and what type of relationship you have with your Lord and Savior. Before we close today, I want to leave you today with a challenge that I received in this very building about six years ago from then-pastor Steve Mazingo. It had such an impact on me that I keep this little card on my desk at work. 
and I've read it more times than I can remember, and I know some folks that work with me read it too. One day I walked into my office and I saw my boss with it in his hand. So you never know what an impact just a little card um, like this can have. I doubt I can deliver it with the same impact, passion, and emotion that Steve did some six years ago, but I'm going to give it a whirl. On occasion, I've been cautioned against being too loud, so James, I'm going to turn things over to you back there. When I'm done reading, I'm going to pray, and then we'll invite Jeff and the praise team back up to close us. This card challenges us to be a disciple of Jesus in all that we do. The author is Bob Moorhead. I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have the Holy Spirit power. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I am a disciple of His. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. My future is secure. I am finished and done with low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tamed visions, mundane talking, chintzy giving, and dwarfed goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, plaudits, or popularity. I don't have to be right, first, tops, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by presence, lean by faith, walk by patience, lift by prayer, and labor by power. My face sets, my gait is fast, my goal is heaven, my road is narrow, my way is rough, my companions few, my guide reliable, my mission clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of the adversary, negotiate, negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity, or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, shut up, let up, until I have stayed up, stored up, prayed up, paid up, preached up for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus. I must go till he comes, give till I drop, preach till I'll know, and work till he stops me. And when he comes for his own... He will have no problem recognizing me. My colors will be clear. I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. Please pray with me. Dear Father God, I just ask that you lead me. I ask that you give me the strength to be first and foremost the best Christian I can be. To follow you, to accept your son Jesus Christ as my Savior. And to live for Him. Lord, I pray that You allow me to be the best husband I can be. To love and to honor my wife. To value her. To compliment her. Every single day of my life. Lord, I pray that You give me the strength to be a good father. Um, to raise my kids in the way of the Lord. To show them. To lead by example. To love them. To encourage them. Lord, I just thank you, I love you, I give you all the praise. Just in Jesus' name I pray these things. Amen.
If the Lord wills, I'll walk on water. And if the Lord wills, I'll live by myself. I sail the ocean till feed the hungry. My life is only for Him. His love will satisfy my soul. My life is only for Him. His love will satisfy my soul. Satisfy my soul. 